0: Welcome back to Monsters Never Die, Talk Film Society's spooky podcast where Jacob and I discuss classic monsters, human or otherwise, as well as their sequels, remakes, and rip-offs. I'm one of your co-hosts, Matt Curione, editor-at-large over at Talk Film Society, and with me as always is...
1: Matt, do you know what that sound was? That was you cutting out. That was the sound of one hand clapping. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't sound like this. It sounds like this. Oh, you're doing the the doing the Bart, the Bart thing. (laughs) Uh, I'm Jacob Denoble, by the way, and uh, this is Monsters Never Die. In case this is your first time here, joining us for 2022, a new year, oh wow, yeah, monsters and death and killing.
0: Yes, and some of it's on the podcast.
1: How the heck are you, Jacob? I'm doing great, Matt. I'm about to move. I'm surrounded by all my stuff. This is the last thing I do in my apartment before I leave it forever, and uh, oh, that's very exciting. That is
0: that is fun. I'm, I'm glad I get to you know spend this moment with you talking about spooky hands or killer hands or whatever you want to call it. Um, that's our episode this month, folks. Uh, it's a great start to 2022. We're talking about that classic horror uh, horror trope. Spooky hands. Those hands that just jump out of nowhere and kill you. And, uh, it's gonna be a fun one. We got some, uh, really good movies
1: to talk We've about. We got some great movies to talk we about. We got, uh, I would go as far to say we got some bangers. Uh, just to run this down for you who are keeping track at home, we're gonna be talking about Mad Love, The Hands of Orlac, the Beast with Five Fingers, The Crawling Hand, a yeah. brief tea tour into the Doctor Terror's House of Horrors, and now the Screaming Starts, the Hand, Body Parts, and Idle Hands. I Hell, love that Yes. I love that how many of these really lean on the hand idea in the title. Yes.
0: Hands, <laughs> fingers, uh Real quick, uh, before we start the show, I want to uh, make a little announcement. Mm -hmm. Uh, For another year, we are yet again sponsored by the kind folks over at Super Yaki.
1: They are the internet's greatest pop culture merchandise store. Absolutely lovely folks. It seems like they have some Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift merch in the works, Mm -hmm. and I Mm -hmm. could not be more excited for that. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. They've got some shirts about Alana Heim. They've got some Jennifer Body shirts. Next month, we're going to be talking about The Screams, and you better believe that they have quite a lot of Scream merch. Yes, they do. If you like movies at all, and if you like anything good, really, move on down to superyaki.com, that's Y-A-K-I, and enter the code SUPERMONSTER for 10% off.
0: Hell yes. Uh... Yeah, they are great people. Uh, they rock. Uh, go join their Discord. It's fun. They
1: have a it's Discord. Fun to-
0: yeah, they announced it the other day, and uh, you can find it on the- on their uh, their Twitter feed. It is oh. a ton of fun to hang out in there. A uh, lot of cool, like minded people. Oh my and, god! Uh, can't recommend that enough. Uh, join their Discord do that now. Join my Discord. Uh, lots of Discords I'm in, and I'm a hoot in all of them. Uh, Jacob, let's get the show started. Let's get the show started. Uh, what are we starting with there, Matt? We are starting with 1935's Mad Love, directed by Carl Freund. And Hell, this yeah. is the second Carl Freund, and probably the last Carl Freund we'll be talking about. <laughs> on this show, uh, because he directed a little universal monster movie called The Mummy
1: three years previously. Uh, remember that one, Jacob? It was uh, Dracula in that. Egypt. <laughs> I, In fact, I believe we talked about it three years previously.
0: We did. Uh, not three years to the day, but three years to the couple of months. And yeah. this is a big one, actually, because this was Peter Lorre's first American film god damn what a start what 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 a start what an actor and uh spoilers uh listeners this was only my second time seeing peter laurie in anything shockingly enough i had only seen casablanca and whoever does the impression of him in the old looney tunes cartoons
1: so um (laughs) i'm old and jacob take it away Uh yeah, so Mad Love, this is an adaptation of um Le Mans d'Orlac, which is a French book that translates into The Hands of Orlac, um written by Maurice Reynard. This was turned into a movie four times. Uh we'll be talking about two of them today. Wow, and, okay. Um it's it's a great little story. A dude loses his hands and a uh, he's a he's a piano player and he loses his hands in an accident. You know what? In a terrible accident. That that train wreck is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, and he gets some new hands grafted on, but then they turn out to be the hands of a killer. And then there's some murdering going on and he doesn't know if it's him or if it's just his hands or what's really going on. And then Peter Lorre shows up as the creepiest fucking looking guy you've ever seen. And oh my like, God, yeah. Tell just tell me about Peter Laurie's introduction and character in this film. He is he's so he's, good. He's the creepiest
0: dude ever. He he like he's stalking this woman in her her dressing room, and he's like, "You are meant to be my love," and and she's like, "I'm kind of married." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I kind of don't have any interest in you. Uh, and he's just like, he's a crazy, obsessive, uh, big incel vibes from this guy. Uh, he's never loved a human being in his life. And he's finally left the house for the first time. And he sees this beautiful woman. And he must have her. And yet, he, she's married
1: to Dr. Frankenstein. So that's never going to happen. <laughs> And there's also some great stuff with the hand transplant, with like knife throwing. Like all of a sudden, he's really good at throwing knives. It's just well, it
0: was, that I... they're the they're the hands of a guy who was murdered for killing people with a knife. Yeah, like and... he was the, he was a serial killer who killed people with a knife, and uh, <laughs> yeah, the the guillotine scene in this movie is pretty great too. Man, there's just this is
1: it's think, fun. It's a, a fun, fun hour. Movie.
0: Yeah. And it's gorgeous. It's a really gorgeous picture. Uh, Greg Tolland uh, shot this. And if people obviously sh- you probably should know that name. Uh, he also shot Citizen Kane uh, about six years later and kind of knocked it out of the park with that one. But uh, great work from him here with Carl uh, Freund's Mad Love. I love yeah. this movie. Pauline love Kale
1: uh, has argued that uh, this movie influenced the visual style of Citizen Kane. and I can, I can see, see it. it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So
1: can I. So can I uh Colin Clive is great
0: that's why i said doctor frankenstein earlier uh this movie's fantastic it's just it's creepy uh peter Lorre has the most terrifying uh costume ever it's it's like this these weird metal gloves and like a neck brace that goes up to his like lower part of his mouth and He's he he's just looks like a fucking supervillain, and it's the coolest thing in the world. Like I'm shocked they never had this character like show up in like X Men or something.
1: Yeah, it is surprising that like out of all of the horror like characters that they still make merchandise of, you don't really see this guy yeah. very often. He has probably one of the best looks of any monster. Terrifying, movie. terrifying. And his shtick is great. I love that. So this is something from the novel and something that'll show up in some of the other adaptations. He. Colin Clive, who is the man with new hands and can't trust them, (laughs) the man with new hands. (laughs) He gets a letter that's like, "Hey, show up at this place. I'll tell you all about where these hands come up came from." And he shows up, and Peter Lorre is like, "Hey, these are my hands," and he pulls up like his metal arms, and he's like, "Also, I got a head transplant." (laughs) I love the head transplant. He's like, yeah, it's this is so a new good. head. That's why I have this weird <laughs> neck thing going on. I did this too. Yeah. <laughs> and it's great. It's just It's fantastic. It's such a um, cool character and it's amazing yeah.
0: character. Second be- second favorite character in this is the uh the housemaid. She is a wonderfully boisterous woman with a parrot on her shoulder in every scene and that's, like, something out of, like, a James Whale movie. Like, I'm shocked it showed up here, but you know what? Good for them. Yeah. <laughs> that had to be something from the book. Like,
1: there's a parrot in the book or something. Um, but speaking no, of- love this. It's great. Yeah. Go buy it. <laughs> speaking of this book, the first adaptation, uh, we're just going to mention briefly, because it's pretty similar to Mad Love. It's missing a lot of some of the cooler stuff, like... The that character doesn't look as cool and there's no knife throwing in it but yeah. uh the hands of orlack is a 1924 austrian silent horror movie um directed by robert veen and it stars uh, conrad veit who you might know as uh, the man who laughs he and, inspired the joker yeah and it's really great though i if you like mad love i highly recommend the hands of orlack as well um I don't know, maybe it would lose a little something if you've seen Mad Love, because you know all the twists. Yeah. But um, Conrad Veidt just has some great body language. There's some really cool, like, title work and, like, special effects. He has this dream sequence where, like, a hand, a ghost hand is, like, coming and plucking his, like, head. And yes.
0: I love spooky hands.
1: <laughs> the guy, So, the Peter Lorre character in this is just, like, a regular con man who has, like, a scar on his neck. And I just love how bold of a strategy this is. So the story is essentially like they're tracking these murders and they're like, oh, it's the fingerprints of a murderer. That's weird. And <laughs> so this guy shows up and he's like, oh, yeah, they swapped my head and I've got these metal arms and I'm actually I used to be the killer, but now you're the killer. And then. At the end, they, like, figure it out, and he's just, like, the cops are all there, and he, they pull off his metal arms, and he's got just regular arms underneath, and, huh. like, instead of, like, fighting back or anything, he's like, "Yeah, you got me, fair and square, yep. I'm just a cop man who heard about I this. <laughs> I've been wearing gloves with fingerprints embedded in them, and I've been doing the murders with those gloves with fingerprints embedded in them. That's a cool touch, yeah. actually. Uh, like it almost got gloves. banned because of oh. that until a criminal a criminologist had to tell the, like, banning board, like, hey, this wouldn't work. People can't yeah. copy this and, like, hide their fingerprints. It doesn't yeah. actually work. And they're like, okay, if it's fantasy, we'll allow it. We just don't want to let people know how to hide we don't their fingerprints. Wanna give, we don't want to give people hints <laughs> on how to commit but crimes. <laughs> it's One of the interesting things is that, like, transplants are relatively new and like so at the are exciting yeah. for people and also like they don't really know what's possible which is why a head transplant is so like integral yeah to the like story. why not yeah like why not but like the first thyroid transplant was in 1883 that was the first real transplant and um the doctor in this the book is based on a famous surgeon and eugenicist Alexis Carell and he had a lot of experiments with like transplanting animal organs and stuff like that so just a little bit of education fun here we like to learn um yeah we love to learn learning's fun hey with the next movie can we talk about
0: more peter lorre (laughs) yeah we can (laughs) oh my god my my third peter lorre movie crazy that i knocked out two in one week uh this is 1946, The Beast with Five Fingers. Pretty, the title pretty much tells you what it's all about. Uh, it's from the director, uh, Robert Foley, who did, uh, you uh, old school fans might know him as the director of Murders in the Rue Morgue, an Edgar Allan Poe adaptation, kinda. And uh, yeah, this one is about a haunted hand, and it crawls around, and it oh. strangles people, and it's really, really cool, and I had a lot of fun with this, yet yeah. again.
1: And uh, Peter Flory. Like like I said on Twitter, it is both a hoot and a holler. (laughs) Peter Flory also uh, directed The Coconuts with um, the Marx Brothers, which is a a diversion from this. (laughs) And um, this was written by uh, Kurt Ciotomek, who had written um, The Wolfman and a bunch of other great horror movies. Oh, shit. Nice. Excellent. uh, Ooh, he wrote I Walked with a Zombie. Yeah. He's so good. Oh, he wrote a lot of uh, Universal. And there. this is very much in his wheelhouse, because his original premise for The Wolfman was supposed to be more, do we know if there's actually a Wolfman or not? Maybe this like is fighting over over guy will. going crazy. And, yeah. <laughs> fighting over my precious books. <laughs> so many wills in old horror movies. Like, if I you love see it. a it's will show a up in an troop. old horror movie, you're like, fuck yeah. Yeah. But... I mean, this movie very movie much with a,
0: the the best movie with a will, and we'll talk about it one day. Is uh, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark? But I digress. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, but yeah, so this movie very much plays on the: is he just crazy, or is there actually a killing hand, or is there and a murderous hand? It very much leans towards there is an actual murderous hand because there are some really cool hand effects in this. There yeah, are, it's fun. There are moments that even I'm like, I'm not sure how they did that in the 40s. Uh, how do they do that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, it's cool. Uh, it's very much, there's a scene where um, I believe it's Peter Laurie looking at like a bookshelf and there's a severed hand on the side of a book. And I'm going to myself, how did they do in this movie in 1946, what they did in 1991 with the Adams family? Like,
1: yeah. How? 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 So- there's, um, there's, it's got just a great atmosphere to it. This is like, it takes place in an old creepy house. There's a will, there's like a rich family. Peter Laurie is playing the creepy astrologer slash secretary of this rich pianist who yes. has a stroke <clears throat> and can only play the piano with his left hand. <laughs> and then he's like thrown down some stairs and his hand is gone. And it's so good. This is... There's a and lot that of hand like...
0: goes on a killing spree and it's a lot of fun. Uh I love the Italian detective with his <laughs> yeah. over the top accent, who's basically like he says goodbye to you at the end of the movie.
1: <laughs> but yeah, it it ends on a very strong comedy note where Yes it just... and it's
0: and it's actually funny.
1: Yeah. But there's so many scenes where like When things first start getting creepy, like the piano will start playing and it's, you know, everybody's like, oh my God, the pianist is dead and his hand is missing. And it's like, it's creepy and cool. And it's it's basically a one location movie. Yeah. Which I'm a big fan of. It's
0: this big spooky house. And yeah, no, this movie rules. It's really good. Yeah. Peter Lorre. He's,
1: he's great, man. He's,
0: he's good. I want to see more of his movies. Um. Everyone says I should check out M, so I guess I'll check out Fritz Lang's M. You should. Which uh, is apparently one of the greats, and I also want to see uh, some of the big ones that I've missed over the years somehow, like Maltese Falcon, Arsenic and Old Lace. I'd like to see these movies that have Peter Lorre in them. So Yeah. Yeah, I have homework, Jacob. I have homework this year.
1: It's going to be fun. (laughs) Um, next up we have The Crawling Hand, which has a great poster. Have you seen the poster for this? There's, like, a... I have not. There's a naked lady on it, which is, like, not really the vibe of the movie, but, like, sure, why not? but you Uh, know what? It gets butts in seats. It it gets
0: butts on poster, is what it does. Ha-ha! This is the Spaceman Hand, where they say things weird, and it has the skipper. It has the skipper in it.
1: (laughs) So, this movie, it, like... It oh, it feels almost like anti space race propaganda in the like yes. first twenty minutes because they're like Yes This is nineteen sixty three so we haven't been to the moon yet, but they're like, We've already lost two men on the moon and yeah. there's a guy in a spaceship <laughs> and he's like, kill me. he's coming back home and he's just like, Kill me and they're like, What? He's like, Kill me <laughs> I, I want to die. So they blow up his fucking spaceship <laughs> and he explodes, but his, his, his arm hand falls lands on the beach <laughs> and is found <laughs> somehow. by somehow some rowdy teens Of course, because, you know, it's a 60s schlock horror movie. Yeah, and uh, the hand is possessed by an alien and is strangling people. And And it gives people fantastic Robert Smith eyeshadow. Yeah, Yeah, he gets the guy who finds it, brings the hand home. Why? Unclear. He gets possessed by the hand a little bit. There's a strangulation scene set to Bird is the Word, which is fucking awesome. (laughs) It's, oh my god. I... Yeah, this is fun. It's fun um, stuff. So it's from the director of "I Was a Teenage Frankenstein," and <laughs> it very much plays into that '60s fear of teenagers while also being like excited about teenagers. There's a line at the end where, like, so the kid is on the beach and he's like facing down the cops and he's like strangled a bunch of people and one of the guys are like, "He's just a kid," and he goes, and "The cop goes, I know all about kids like him. The county jail is full of them," and it's <laughs> just like. Part of that, like, wave of, like, we can't trust... That's the Skipper, right? Yeah.
0: That's Alan Hale. Yeah. Uh, Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Skipper from Gilligan's Island is uh the chief of police in this and oh boy oh what a what a guy he was good stuff this
1: (laughs) is a cheesy fun time i i highly recommend the uh mystery science theater 3000 episode that's how i watched it um it's from season one so you got the different weird tom servo voice um yes and it's it's just a it's a fun little movie and now, just to talk very, very briefly uh, about Dr. Terror's House of Horrors. What a which... title. Great. It's a, it's a great title. And it's a, it's, a, it's a fun little, it's an amicus anthology movie. So Oh, fantastic. They, yeah. They were, you know, Hammer's big competition uh, for British horror. And they were doing a bunch of anthologies. And this one has got everybody in it. It's got Peter Cushing, Christopher Lee, young Donald Sutherland, Michael Goff. It's like everybody you want to see in a horror movie show up in this. And the hand sequence is widely considered to be the best part of the movie. The other ones are all kind of like generic monsters. There's like a vampire story, a werewolf story, a voodoo story. But then there's a hand story where Christopher Lee is a art critic who's very mean. And Michael Goff, who is Alfred from the Batman movies, if you don't recognize that name. Yes, and Sleepy Hollow. (laughs) He is an artist, and uh, Christopher Lee hates his work. And so he's constantly insulting him, and Michael Goff decides to play a light little prank on him to get him back. So he has somebody bring out this painting, and it's all abstract, and Christopher Lee is like, Michael Goff, your art sucks, but this this is an artist who really knows what they're doing. And Michael Goff's like, well, do you want to meet the artist? He's like, yes. And they wheel out a monkey, and apparently a monkey had painted it. And Christopher <laughs> Lee is so mad about this that later that night he runs Michael Goff over with his car. Of course he does. Severing his hand. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. Which is what happens when you get run over by a car. Um, we'll learn that again in a little bit. <laughs> and then the rest of the, the se- sequence is pretty much just Christopher Lee thinking he's gotten rid of the hand and the hand coming back up. So he climbs up his car window while he's driving and he throws it out. It follows him home. He chucks it into the fire. And it's a crispy hand and it comes for him. He stabs it with the scissors. He locks it in a box and throws it in the ocean. <laughs> and it comes back. And at the end, the like Tales from the Crypt style ironic twist is that Christopher Lee crashes his car and he goes blind. And the, the ah. people are like, well, there's lots of jobs a blind person can do, but not be a paint critic, a you know, painter. Yes, so. <laughs> you can't be an art critic anymore. So that's a, that's a Dr. Terror's House of Horrors. It's it's not the strong, like, if you Sounds really fun. loved no. Tales from the Crypt and Vault of Horror from two months ago, maybe check it out. But otherwise, maybe just watch the hand sequence, which is what I did. Okay. <laughs> And then uh, one last flick that, um, I, Matt, I don't believe that you watched, is called And Now oh, the Screaming one. Starts. What a title. These titles. The, the Great title. No hand in it, though. All the rest of our titles, except for Mad Love, have hands somewhere. Yes. And this one is missing it. So this is another amicus movie, and it's one of their few horror movies that is not a portmanteau or an anthology. It's, it's all one long story. And it's directed by Roy Ward Baker, who did The Vampire Lovers, which is one of my favorite Hammer movies. Okay. Um, so Peter Cushing is also in this one, and he shows up like halfway through, and you're like, "Fuck yeah!" So, and now the screaming starts. Highly recommend. Matt, if I'm, if you watch any of the ones that we talk, like catch up on this one. This is this is a fucking movie. Five minutes in, there's already a creepy crawling hand with a bloody stump. Oh, my God. Yes. So this woman and her husband move into this spooky house. The woman, she's like newly married and she keeps seeing spooky shit and making out with her new husband. And she As keeps looking <laughs> at this painting of his grandfather and this ghost of a guy with no eyes and a bloody stump for a hand is like, and she's freaked out. By it. <laughs> and he's got this like weird birthmark on his face. So then she goes outside, and she meets a hunky woodsman, and he has that same birthmark. And she's like, hey, let me see your hands. And he he has two hands, and she's like, okay, I guess you're not the same guy. (laughs) Okay, I'll allow it. (laughs) But uh, she keeps getting scared by this ghost and this hand, and she's like really freaking out. And then she is impregnated by the ghost. Or was it? Okay. And she's not happy about that, understandably. And so Peter Cushing shows up to be like, hey, I'll figure out what's going on here. <laughs> and I will say, to hear the phrase sexual relations with demons in a movie from <laughs> 1973 is just wild to me. Like, it's, it's not fantastic. what you expect from an amicus movie. Um, but, yeah. And so they're like, well, what happened? And the guy's like, ah, oh, my family is cursed. I didn't want to tell anybody about it, but it's cursed. And they're like, what? It's kind it's of like, a thing my grandfather turned this house into a house of debauchery. And it does like a flashback. And the first thing you see is just like a dude with a loot. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I don't know if this is really a house of debauchery. This is That just is, like a that is quite debauched, Jacob. But so the servant with the birthmark is a ghost. And he was alive back with his grandfather. And this is, this is not great as a plot for a movie. But uh, so his wife was raped by the main guy's grandfather on their wedding night and he and then they chop off his hands. Of course. And he's like, Hey, the next time you have a virgin bride move into this house, we're gonna do the same thing. It's just it's a wild movie. There's a lot of twists and turns, which we kind of just went through, but uh a lot of it's action. <laughs> it's fun. It's short. It's fun. Uh I, I highly recommend it. There's it's like I check this out. This There is like, it's like 80% cleavage in this, but like at any given time, <laughs> like 80% of the screen is covered by cleavage. That's but fine. That's good. Yeah. You That'd know, it fun. depends on, you know, if you love that or not, but I had a fun time with it. Now, Matt, I think we are ready to talk now about a movie that I think you really like. Is that correct? I've seen this movie twice.
0: Oh. Uh, here's my backstory with this. Uh, back at the beginning of uh, the pandemic. I decided to uh, finally go through all of Oliver Stone's movies. And I did them in order. And let me tell you, I did not expect to see a movie directed by Oliver Stone starring Michael Caine about a killer hand. And oh boy, this is a fun fucking movie. And... if you've seen Evil Dead 2, it is the hand scene from that, yet feature length and played straight. Um, I and like this movie a lot. Uh, Matt, Michael what is Kane, the creative title for this this movie? The Hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of which, I really got to get the recent uh, Scream Factory. They just put this out because the version that I watched and the version that you watched uh, did not look good.
1: Yeah, I I think it was a VHS rip on
0: iTunes. It probably that I bought, does. I rented for four dollars. Uh, this movie's it's fun. Michael Caine plays a comic book artist, which is anytime you have a comic book artist in your movie, I'm immediately hooked. Uh, he's great in it. I I like Annie McEnroe. Uh, she's from uh, Beetlejuice and a couple other Oliver Stone movies. Actually, she's oh in, shit, uh, I didn't recognize her from Beetlejuice. Yep, she was in that. She was in Manhunter. She was also in uh, Wall Street and Born on the Fourth of July. She's always terrific whenever she would uh, pop up in in anything. Bless her. Uh, Bruce McGill, uh, one of my favorite character actors of all time, pops up in The Hand. And... uh, yeah, he's terrific, but Michael Caine does a lot of heavy lifting here, which is crazy because he only has one hand, and it's a really fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a fun movie. Uh, it makes me wonder what would happen uh, if Oliver Stone had stayed making horror films, uh, straight up horror films, not about the horrors of you know the institution of America, but you know straight up killer creature horror movies uh he had made one earlier in his career it was like one of it was his first movie it was called seizure and uh that's a bad movie that you shouldn't watch it's uh it's yeah it's bad uh have you seen manos hands of fate i have uh it's seizure is real quick seizure is manos but made by someone with talent and it's still not good. And, and it's it's still, still not, not good. Almost
1: make it worse.
0: Yeah, and it's still not good. It 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 sucks, frankly. And I'm glad that he's not remembered for that, and he's remembered for much better films. But I'm a big Oliver Stone fan. Always have been. Uh, he was like the first like edgy director that I liked when I was younger, and
1: uh, I'm very happy I finally got to see this. Yeah, it's it, it's fun. It's fun. I think I would like it a little more if it was essentially like a thirty-minute "Tales from the Crypt" episode. That would be cool. But um, so just a, a a slight correction that Michael Caine is not a comic book artist. He is a comic strip artist drawing like a Conan the Barbarian version of Prince Valiant. Yes, and the artwork done in the movie is by Barry Windsor Smith. Who if I know this he, name. He uh he did a lot of the Conan work for uh, Marvel. He did um Weapon X, the Wolverine origin mini series. I have that book. I have he that is, book. Great. Honestly, book. one of the great comic book artists. Yes. Um his early work was like really like a Kirby pastiche, but then he quickly grew into his own artist and um Yeah. So he does Michael Kane's art in this. Um Michael Kane the scene where Michael Caine loses his hand is very good. His, it's wild. Wild. His wife is driving, and he's in the passenger seat, and she's trying to, like, pass a truck, and there's cars coming, and the people won't let them back over, and he's, like, waving out the window to, like, try and make them. And she slams on the brakes, and his hand, like arm hits the truck and goes, fly. it's... Hereditary it's, style. It's a great gnarly moment. <laughs> um, yeah, it's good. And it's cool that he has to relearn how to draw with his other hand, and he becomes yep. like an art teacher. I love that there's a moment where he asks his class, like, so, tell me about your favorite comic strips, and none of the young people give a shit about comic strips. <laughs> 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 um, the last 20 minutes are really fun. It's cool to see the mechanical hand effects. Um, this is yeah. Carlo Rambaldi and... Um, Steve Winston, which is a combo that you can't really beat. True, Um, and the ending of this movie is wild. With he's like in an insane asylum, and there's like a German doctor with like an insane German accent, and she's like, "Nah, this is all in your head." And like this hand comes out. It's great. That's a. It's a good. The last thirty minutes of this are a lot of fun. It's it's a fun movie. I dig it. I. I still think at the end of the day, I prefer Jaws the Revenge, but... You're insane, I, I but okay. this film. You're insane. It's fine. <laughs> um, and then uh, one last flick I just want to talk about before we get to um, Idle Hands is a movie called Body Parts, which is a... This movie looks awesome, and I'm really upset I didn't get to watch it for this. This movie fucking rules. I was not expecting to love it as much as I did. It's like... The quintessential 90s thriller with like that gets a little more lurid as it goes in on. So Hell yes. It's um Jeff Fahey, who um you'll know from Lawnmower Man. And he is a prison psychiatrist who he tells his wife, he's like, I just want to cure one person in my life. I want to take a shattered mind and be able to put it back together again. I wanna fix it. And the prisoner he's been working with is Robert Davi, who is like a serial killer. Okay, and um, I can fix him," says man who is worse. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's a lot of great car sequences in this film, and so this is also a car accident, arm loss, um, of course. And so he's driving a theme. To work, and the car in front of him has this like wobbling rear tire, and he keeps looking at it, and there's like really good tension, and it's like. Very final destination-y. So the tire Ooh. pops off and he swerves and like it's very tense. You think he's gonna crash, and then he stops in the middle of the road and he's totally fine. And then a truck rear-ends him and throws him in yeah. his car. And it's like it's such such a good sequence. It's um it's a little like how Sidney Poitier handled Bill Cosby's death in Ghost Dad. <laughs> where okay. he's like, Look, I go know you- on When you go to see a movie called Ghost Dad, you know Bill Cosby's going to die. So, for the first 15 minutes of the movie, he keeps setting up situations where you think he's going to die and then he doesn't. (laughs) So, like... Well, he directed that, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Oh, my God. I only know about the... So, this is bringing up that daycare center I went to for the millionth time. Oh the God, show. They made you watch ghost dad. Well, that was one of the like four VHSs they <laughs> owned in addition to nine months <sighs> and house guests with Sinbad. So amazing. Those amazing. three movies I've seen more than any human being really should have. Jesus. <laughs> um, so he's unconscious. He's at the hospital and this doctor comes out and she's like, tells his wife, look, I have this new experimental surgery. We can give him a new arm, but you have to agree to it right now. And she's like, can't we wait till he's awake? And she's like, no, you have to agree right now. He's like, okay, do it. So he gets a new arm and he's like feeling a lot angrier than he used to. And like, it's not quite behaving the way he wants it to. There's a scene. There's a great scene where he's play wrestling with his like eight year old son and the eight-year-old son like accidentally like hits him in the stomach a little bit. And he's like they're both laughing and having fun. And when he hits him in the stomach, he just punches the kid. <laughs> and it's like it's it's and it's like it's good because his wife like freaks out. She's like, Do you ever do that again? I'm fucking leaving the, I'm leaving you, I'm taking the kids, you'll never see them. And it's like the first half of this movie is this movie reminded me a lot of Monkey Shines, where it's like, This isn't oh, really seen that. It oh man I love monkey shines well we'll talk uh, about we it on I'm gonna
0: do an episode on that
1: killer monkeys but yeah Congo that would be fun so he goes to talk to Robert Davi again and Robert Davi sees a tattoo on his arm he's like hey motherfucker that tattoo is only given to people on death row. <laughs> <laughs> and so there's another great moment where Jeff Fahey runs My dude the police office and he's like, fingerprint me. And they're like, what? And he's like, fingerprint me. Tell me what these fingerprints have done. Mm. So he finds out that he was an executed serial killer. And oh, yes. The doctor has been just giving that guy's body parts away willy nilly. Hence so the title. Body parts. <laughs> So he goes to visit the guy who got the other arm just to see if he's also having trouble. And it's Brad fucking Dorif as an artist. Fuck yes. And he's painting all these really gruesome scenes now that are like selling really well. And he's like, of man, hey, before this, I I just couldn't get the inspiration. But now I'm just like, I'm really in it. And he's like, no, it's the hand. And he's like, I don't really fucking care then. And he's <laughs> like, yeah, peace sells, but who's buying and then he goes and visits the guy who has the legs that were cut off. And he's like playing basketball. But then he gets in the car and he's waiting at a red light and gets impatient. And then the legs just make him go through the red light and almost crash.
0: <laughs> and Jeffy's like,
1: hey, not doing Told what you ya. want. And he's like, I don't really care. I got new legs. Let's just fucking be happy with it. He, I got a wicked jump shot, man. Leave me alone. <laughs> And, but the three of them become like a unit and it's like a cute bonding scene, but then a mystery man starts killing them. Of and, course. yeah. And there's just like, there's a great scene where you don't see the person at all, but Brad Dourif is there and he gets knocked out a window and he's like holding onto the windowsill and he just grabs his arm and yanks and the arm rips clean off and his body falls Oof. to the ground. And there's Oof. a great so Jeff A he's like ah oh, fuck everybody's dying he's gonna come after me and he's sitting in a cop car and this car pulls up next to him and just handcuffs his arm <laughs> and there's a car, there's a car chase where a man in each car is handcuffed to each other which that's is amazing something I've never fucking seen I gotta see this it's it's so good um, there's a and there's a dude in it, that, so the dude who did the handcuffing is in a neck brace, much like Peter Laurie. I wonder how much of it is inspired. But, um, yeah, the the last 20 minutes of this get, like, just really over the top and goofy and lurid. And there's body parts and cool stuff. And body parts. Highly recommend. It's directed by the director of Bad Moon. And the guy who wrote okay, Bad Moon. The Hitcher. And then our last film for the day is... Uh, Idle Hands by director... From ni- Oh Yeah, what year is this? Uh,
0: 1999. Yeah, that the makes best sense. Ye- the, the best year for cinema. And this is not one of those movies. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, um, it's from the director of the best leprechaun movie, Rodman Flender, who did uh, Leprechaun 2. Uh, <laughs> he also did Conan O'Brien Can't Stop. And he is the uncle of one Timothy Chalamet. Yes, the twink prince of Arrakis. <laughs> so, Matt, this was your first time with Idle Hands. Is that correct? First time
0: seeing it. I had seen the trailer many, many times when I was a kid, you know, renting movies. And I never got around to it, mostly because I didn't get it. Like, the trailer. I think the trailer was bad.
1: Yes. This was from what famously, famously <clears throat> like, did famously badly at the box office. And yeah, they kept wanting to hide that it's a horror movie. My DVD cover... I swear like this, to God, like, you look at it and there's no indication. just looked like a stoner comedy. Yeah, there's a normal hand on the cover, and it just says, yeah. get your hands on the hottest new comedy of the summer. And then that's it. Yeah. And
0: that would have worked if it was, like, really funny. Yeah. I, I guess. Um, I don't know. It, it's fine. The kills are cool. Sometimes. Uh, it, it's got characters that just make no fucking sense at times. Uh, Fred Willard rules. He, Who's my favorite part of this movie? <laughs>
1: He's in it for um, like three seconds.
0: That tells you something. Um, Devon Sawa was cute, but not cute in this. Um,
1: uh, it's got the guy from Daredevil. Yeah, it's got Foggy Nelson as a guy with his um, head cut off. And Seth Green as a guy with a glass bottle in his head.
0: It's, it's it's got the invisible woman it's fine i don't know so more I, I a lot of people love this movie i know that
1: i'm not one of them <laughs> i i i loved this movie as like a 13 year old um i don't think it fully i think there's a lot of ugly stuff in it both as a 1999 stoner comedy and just it's rough yeah um i remember when i watched it i was like it is so it feels like nobody who wrote this movie has ever spoken with a woman before in their life. Not just that, a human <laughs> in their
0: life. Not these they never met a human being. Um I, humans don't talk like this. I think there are some fun moments. Um I, I personally And I, and it's it's like it's like humans don't talk like this, and not in a weird Diablo Cody way where no one fucking talks like that in real life. This is like they overheard a conversation from two rooms over and were
1: like, that's how people talk. I mean, you might be right because Eldon Henson, who played Foggy Nelson, his character name in this movie is Pnub. And there's no real explanation why. (laughs) It's like- That's a human name. Sure. That's a human name that humans have. I will say you- Sure. You said the hand reminded you a lot of Evil Dead 2. I think this has a lot more Evil Dead 2 in it in that-
0: Oh, yeah, it definitely does. Because it's
1: like, you know, it's- Funny and in quotes. Devin Sawa. I will say Devin Sawa's performance like in him. this his his body language is unmatched. I like. I don't think Devin Sawa gets a lot of credit as a great performer, and I don't think he necessarily deserves it in most movies. But like in this, uh, he in this in Final Destination, yes, he's very funny in Final Destination. Yeah, he's great in that movie. Um, but like, he really com- like. I will say, I genuinely believe that his hand is a separate entity from the rest of him.
0: Oh, no. Yeah, his his body acting in this is uh, phenomenal.
1: If you haven't seen the film, uh, the premise is that David Sabo is a stoner, and because idle hands are the devil's playthings, the devil possesses his hand that he doesn't yes. masturbate with. Yes. <laughs> And um, he kills his two best friends, Seth Green and uh, Eldon Henson. Foggy Nelson. And they... I, I do like this joke where the reason that they come back to life... Um, he goes... Seth Green goes, yeah, there was this bright light at the end of the tunnel and all this singing. And Devin's always like, well, what happened? And he was like, fuck that. Too far. <laughs> and That's the only reason. <laughs> yeah, too much work. Um, the cast is good. Uh, it's got some fun cameos.
0: It's got seventeen-year-old uh,
1: Jessica Alba.
0: Yeah, it's got a uh, singer for The Offspring getting scalped, and that that's is always a good fun. Be- that's a good moment. Uh, Tom DeLonge from Blink One Eight Two shows up for like two seconds. That's fun. Uh, yeah, it's got a. It's got some very fun uh, cameos by people that I used to listen to a lot, and one person that I still listen to a lot. So. That's a little trip inside my music taste, and uh, I don't like the Offspring anymore, (laughs) Jacob. That's what I'm trying to say here. (laughs) (laughs) Are they like evil or just out of? No, I'm just not a fan. Okay, that's like I for some somehow I I grew out of them, and over the years I've grown more into Blink 182, which is weird because when I when this movie came out, they were probably my favorite band. Hmm, interesting. That's I, a great, great album that year, man. Animal yeah. of the State. Fucking classic. <laughs> I uh,
1: I do appreciate that the end of this movie takes place at a Halloween dance. So you get... Yes, that's some, fun. Some good costumes, and it explains why zombie Seth Green and Eldon Hansen can walk around. Um, yes. I like the, the gag with the, uh, the car lift. That's fun. I... Th- I think when you focus on that, those three characters is when this movie works the most. I think yeah. Seth Green is very funny. Eldon Henson's pretty yeah. funny. Anytime Vivica
0: Fox's character came up, I like checked out because I'm like, it's like she's in a different movie. Like, who cares?
1: Yeah. So like, Vivica Fox, honestly, who who cares? And here's an interesting thing: her character was supposed to die like ten minutes into the movie. Um, so, like, her character is a demon hunter who's tracking the hand. And, and they, they only explain that in the last, like, ten minutes. The The premise was that she, like, you were supposed to watch this movie and think, oh, sh- this character is knows everything. She's going to come in and save the day. And then she gets unceremoniously hit by a car and killed and never seen again. And that was supposed to be, like, Jesus. a joke. But apparently someone at the studio was like, no, we should br- keep bringing her back. And, yeah, you're right. Her character and the, like, metal head that she hangs out with don't really the, don't, the,
0: the Motley Crew fan. Yeah,
1: yeah, they don't add anything to anything. No, not at all. Um, Jessica Alba is doing her best, but she has a. She's cute. She's not given any like. She has to be a complete idiot. <laughs> like yeah, the it? I was watching the uh, commentary for this, and Seth Green even points it. He's like, "There's like no human way to play what they're asking her to play," which is like, <laughs> human Devin Sawa is so. <laughs> fucking like creepy and weird because his hand is possessed and he's you know playing that very realistically and she has to be like charmed and turned on by it as if that's a thing that 17 year olds are that don't work (laughs) Um, the end of the movie um, uh, it gets really goofy Uh, the hand gets into a puppet and then it starts just doing puppet shit and that was weird that was all reshoots I think you might have appreciated the, it pup- originally- the The puppet thing was funny though. It that was, was funny. a fun puppet. That was all. So originally they had a much more horror based ending where okay they the hand tied Jessica Alba to the pool the um, diving board at the swimming pool. The swimming pool was emptied out and it was a portal to hell. And oh. they go in and they're, they're like trapped by this wall of hands that start grabbing all the characters. And it's... Jesus. It's very... It's it's like a n- little shop of horrors. We spent a lot of money on the end of this movie and then yeah. decided to just throw it away because it didn't quite match the tone of what we had done the rest of because they leaned so hard into the comedy for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, that would have come as like a, oh, what? <laughs> I, I personally think it's pretty cool. Um, I would like to see it, though. Yeah. it's um, They have like a VHS rip of it on um, the DVD and Blu-ray and probably on YouTube. Um, okay. Yeah, it's uh I I can't turn off the thirteen year old in me that was charmed by this, but I, I also recognize that it doesn't totally hold together and is kind of ugly at some points. Um but yeah, it's idle hands. I I just it's I love, fine. I love it. I'll Devon watch Sawa it again so much.
0: I'll watch it again. That's that's what I will say to this movie. Movie, I will watch you again.
1: It got um so it came out right after Columbine. <laughs> Oof. And um yeah. it got yeah, blamed yeah. for yeah. a lot of stuff. They were like, oh, it's these teen horror movies that are making kids kill people. And Roger Ebert was even like,
0: All right. Oh I you mean the one that was the one that was made like, you know, a year before this <laughs> happened? Cool. Yeah.
1: Roger Ebert was like, Look, we have to have some faith in our kids that they are not stupid enough to think that idle <laughs> hands is like <laughs> something yeah. to like live up to. And, yeah, we uh, have I to have some that. faith in our children. Um, yeah, it's a it's it's an aggressively 1999 film for all that that says. Um, yeah, but yeah, that's uh that's killer hands, spooky hands, spooky killer hands, what? killer hands,
0: S- spook. Let's try this, spooky killer hands. Oh, there you go. It pleases
1: both of us, Jacob. Now, <laughs> you know it's interesting. We have so many spooky hand movies. We don't have any other body parts really that like show up. Like, there's no feet movies. There's no. There's like, no like. There's elbow. no movie called like the K- the kicking foot. And- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you get a head that floats around and bites people in Zo, but uh, yeah, that's not like super common. Yeah,
0: uh, and I know listeners, there's a lot of major uh, killer hand movies that we did or spooky hands that we didn't talk about, but we are saving those for future episodes.
1: Yeah, yeah, there is one very uh, notable one that got a few call-outs in this episode, but... Uh, uh, let's just say it, it's the Evil Dead 2. Yeah, uh, and... We're, we're gonna
0: do a Deadite episode one yeah. day. Uh, probably later this year, I think that's when the new one comes out. The, I think. The what? There's that Evil Dead that takes place in a high-rise building. It's what? coming this... You don't know about this? No. As we all go no. off to... Uh,
1: I'm Googling right now. Evil Dead Rise. Evil Dead Rise. Yes. Uh, 2022. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Matt, yep, how, yep. how? am I surprised by this?
0: Yeah, it's uh, yeah coming soon. Actually, L- directed
1: by Lee Cronin. I don't know who that is. I, I don't know about this, Matt. He's like it. Yeah, it's coming. It's I know coming. it's coming. Uh, I I don't know about the they they've, they've shot it. it. it yeah, it was talked about uh
0: Bruce Cameron was talking about it on Twitter and Instagram a lot, so who knows. Uh but yeah, no, we'll do a Deadite episode. I still have to um, see the remake. Oh, it's it's uh it's a delightful blood carnival, Jacob. It's uh it's fucking awesome. The remake fucking rules. Uh we'll do that one day. We will do an Adams Family episode, listeners. Don't worry. We will talk about the Temptress of Waikiki. Um but yeah, uh, that's it for our official Spooky Hands, Spooky Killer Hands episode. Yeah. Uh, Jacob, where can the fine
1: people find you on the internets? They can find me at Jacob underscore D-Noble, and that's on Twitter and Letterboxd. And in real life, you can find me in Baltimore now, because that's where I'm moving to. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> please don't find me in Baltimore. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't want to be tracked down by the of the show. Uh Matt, where can, uh, where can people find you online? Uh you can find me online
0: basically everywhere at The Real Matt C. And uh yeah, that's where I do everything under that name. It's a lot of fun. Uh but yeah, uh, join us next month when we'll be asking everyone what's their favorite scary movie when we delve into the Scream series. <laughs> and that and oh man, I can't wait. For next month, we're going to have a very special guest uh, who has been on the show before, uh, so we'll keep you guessing on who that is. But, uh, yeah, we're going to be talking uh, some Wes Craven, some radio silence. It's going to be a really good episode.
1: Cannot wait, Jacob. Going to be a great time. Oh, my God. I can't – literally cannot fucking wait. All right, everybody. Keep your hands moving, (laughs) I guess. And keep And keep listening. listening. Bye, everyone.